Spencer, without your input at all, I decided on our whole book list for the rest of the year. Okay. You're going to like this. All right. First off, we're going to read The Gulag Archipelago. Don't know what that is. We're going to read Les Miserables. Is is that Les Miserables? Les Miserables. I looked up the pronunciation. It ends in blah. I don't like that one. Les Miserables. Um, I mean, isn't that, that's probably how what I feel about the book. Let me blah. <laughs> blah. <laughs> blah. So, the Gulag Archipelago, Les Miserables, Anna Karenina, War and Peace, Crime and Punishment. That'll cover, that'll just about cover June. Yeah. And uh, then, Tale of Two Cities, Great Expectations, even though I read that one. Jerusalem, I figured would be in there somewhere. Jerusalem, Wuthering Heights, Pride and Prejudice. And you know what? Just for good measure, Finnegan's Wake. Yay. That'll be August. <laughs> Could you imagine, though, like if that was like, you know what we were talking about like like uh, last episode with the reading? Could you imagine, though, if you could do something like that? Yeah, <laughs> uh, good Lord. Uh, no, I was thinking about it, though. I, I haven't been coming up with anything other than like we're doing the Sherlock Holmes. Uh, I probably forget it was the Scarlet something or other. Uh, we're going to do that soon. That'll be next month. We're going to go into a Mirakami. We'll have to still decide on that for the Mirakami Minute. That'll be in August. I think the Halloween book that we should do, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, Beloved by Toni Morrison, because it's a ghost story. Yeah. But it's also apparently one of the best novels ever written. And a lot of people say it's spooky. Yeah. It scares them. And it deals with slavery, which I don't know... I mean, that's pretty horrific, but I don't know if that's like... Uh, maybe we'll do that instead of Halloween time. We'll <laughs> do that for like going into winter time. Yeah? Yeah, maybe that'll be our like our December book, we that think. seems very festive and... <laughs> we, still, uh, we still need a book for Halloween, man. Well, uh, I wasn't necessarily thinking of books, but I was trying to think of like authors. We, we could maybe think of uh, trying to find something in... Um, with the I Am Legends guy, um... Matheson? Yeah. That could be interesting, though I was thinking more contemporary probably would be good. Who did I... Oh, fuck. That Peter Straub guy, no, he that... keeps popping up. Okay. Like, uh, just in the conversations I've had with people about good horror books, like, his name keeps popping up. So I'm thinking that, or... I'm gonna mess up his name. I think it's Aragon or Aragorn Blackwood. Hmm. Let me look up because that doesn't sound. Oh fuck off with the text! And as soon as it fucking hit the button for search, the text comes up, and I nice. hit that. Nice. I know it's not Aragorn because he. That's guy from Lord of the Rings. I gotta say, yeah, that sounds a little mid earthy. Uh, like, I don't know much about the Middle Earth, but it's but, like one of those names I butchered so yeah. bad I can't even fucking find it. So uh, he's he's more like he's a newer guy. No, uh, he's a, he's an older one. He's not new, but apparently he's just one of the OGs of the. Uh, the fucking uh, the horror writing. I I literally cannot remember what his first name is. This is pissing me off. Let me look. Somebody mentioned it in the post I made today. Does he? Uh, so I imagine does he have like a big like um like library or um biography of uh of works or? Yeah, I guess. Uh, if I could find his fucking name, uh, that would help greatly. Hmm. I'm just trying to help vamp while you're having an old person senior moment on your phone. What's an A name that sounds really weird that nobody has anymore? Uh, Algernon. I was close. (laughs) Aragorn and Algernon is not that. Algernon Blackwood. So let me look up what he got. What he got. 
Oh, as soon as I type Alger, it just immediately comes <laughs> up, though. What else would it be? But, you know, the Aragon Blackwood, that wasn't close enough. Not, that just came up nope. with nonsense. No one there. So, Mr. Algernon Henry Blackwood, CBE, was an English broadcasting narrator, journalist, blah, blah, blah. He, uh, born 1869, died 1951. So, here's his books. The Wendigo, already starting off on a hot streak. I like me some Wendigo stories. Uh, the Willows, I think, is one somebody mentioned that was really creepy. Uh, John Silence, Best Ghost Stories, Ancient Sorceries. A lot of these are short story collections. I guess he did, uh, he might have been mainly a short story guy from what I remember. He might have been, uh, like a, like a pulp kind of, like, you know, like magazines, like, you know what I yeah. mean? So he probably didn't, maybe that's why, like, he didn't have a... Well, I know some of his stories are in that, I think they're in that Penny Dreadful collection I have, and I might have even read some of them, I don't remember, but... He's one of those guys, apparently, he's like a must-read, and I just always fucking, like, some... It's one of those weird ones that you always overlook, like uh, George Eliot, or... Uh, who's another one? Uh, not George Eliot, T.S. Eliot, I think is one I always overlook, or... Um, uh, was it E.M. Forrester? I think that's another... It's like one of those names, like, I know that name, but I don't know what the yeah. book, like, they're known for is. So, yeah, we should probably uh, check some of that out, but... I'm thinking of contemporary work, so... We'll have to find that, but that Halloween, we got plenty of time for that. Yeah, yeah. But next one, the main important one, is we're going to be doing Sherlock Holmes next month. Do you remember the name of that story? The Scarlet Dashery. Haberdashery. Haberdashery. Oh, I just don't like picking up this book. It's 30 pounds. That's, that's what you get to, for having those goaded page books. Shut up, Spencer. Nobody likes you. Yeah, I know. A Study in Scarlet. That was me just closing the cover. <laughs> so, a Study in Scarlet will be our next book of the month if you folks want to read up on that. It's only 67 pages, but I don't remember exactly how uh, dense these Sherlock Holmes stories are. I haven't read them since I was a kid, so uh, that'll be something interesting for us to get into. And then after that, well, um, we're going to do like Mirror Comics stuff. We still need to read Colony. Colony. There's a couple books we still need to check out. We need to just maybe read Colony and not really worry about doing it for the podcast right away. Just like, hey, we need to read this book. Just read it and then like, because, you know, we don't always have to do the episode right after we get done reading it. But it's easier. It is. Uh-huh. Well, we'll be back after these commercial breaks with a great show for you. Um. Whoa, hey. That was like a really hard cut. I didn't even try to make it sound like I was just like, fuck that conversation we just had. I'm just going right to the, the intro. Uh, so listen to the music and we'll be back shortly. Welcome to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. We're here for your listening pleasure. Oh, yeah. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the gangrenous gooch from Greenland Church. Ooh. Yep. How did you get the gangrene? Yeah, you don't, don't want to know. Was it just like a scratch that went awry? You just ignore spider bite? I mean, there's a lot of, I think, spider bite. <laughs> I was trying to be Spider-Man. <laughs> it's not how it works. <laughs> now you tell me. <laughs> uh, today, we are going, just because we were talking about fancy... I went on a list of just fucking stupid books I haven't read at the very beginning of the cold open. I decided maybe we'll cover the great books or just talk about them uh, to see if they're something that we should actually read. Because these, which I don't know about you, but I'm going to get real diverse here. I'm going to get real woke. Can I get woke? Sure. Wake up. Why, why are all these the great books, the greatest books ever, 
why are they always like westerns like western society like i mean you have russian literature english literature and american literature are like always at the top like western why why can't it be some Japanese fiction on this. There might be. I don't know. But well, I never hear Japanese literature considered among the great books. Well, I'm sure that's like one of those things. Like if you were over like in Japan and you Googled like greatest. They have in, their own list. Yeah, probably. And it's just probably and whoever makes the list. Like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I couldn't really. Um, when it gets into like the, the Russian literature and things like that, I've never really checked any of that stuff out. So I couldn't even tell you. No, but you've you've heard of like War and Peace. Yeah, I've heard of them and stuff. Like you're at least like aware I'm, of them. Yeah, I'm, yes, I'm aware. Yeah, I'm sure they all of uh, Tolstoy and Dostoevsky will be all over this list. But uh, let's see what we're. Do dealing you think with. it's just funny names? <laughs> funny names, like the author's name. Yeah, like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> uh, so this is the greatest books of all times, but this is thegreatestbooks.org. Mm. So it's legit. Uh, so these are what people consider the greatest books. So I just wanted to see if it would be worth our while to actually check some of these out because almost all of them, are, I would imagine, are the kind of books that's going to take months and months and months and uh, you have to break down and all that shit. Let's just say they're probably more your kind of books than and, my kind of books. Well, we don't know. Don't say that till we get into them. Uh, number one automatically just excludes both of us. <laughs> In Search of Lost Time by Marcel Proust, or also known as Remembrance of Things Past. Uh, that's like a seven-volume novel that's over a million words or something. It's, like, ridiculous. Not a million words, a million pages. (laughs) It's, like, uh, Swan's Way, the first... I do have Swan's Way. I haven't got around to reading it yet. Swan's Way, the first part of A la Recherche de Temps Perdue, Marcel Proust's seven-part cycle, was published in 1913. In it, Proust introduces the themes that run through the entire work, Oh, really? I have to... F- I'm not doing this. Oh, do you have to click a page? Oh, uh, no, it went to the publisher. How do I... It doesn't let me read more unless I click on the thing. So we're not... That's fine. I haven't read any Proust, though I have read excerpts, and it's one of those guys that's like, oh, wow, this is incredible, beautiful writing that I don't give a fuck about. Mm. Like, I don't care about what he's talking about. I like how he's saying it, but again, it's the it old, did. does the decor on the wall need to describe for five paragraphs? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, is it like one of those things where like, yes, what he wrote is beautiful, but like, is what he what he wrote, like, is it even anything? Like, is it a scene? Is it like, you know what I mean? Is it moving a story forward at all? Most or- of these old timey writers, I find it was more poetry than uh, narrative. Mm. It seemed like like it was more, at least during Proust's time, it was more constructed constructed towards rather than like a Mark Twain who just wants to tell a good story. It like the French writers and stuff. They or even like a Dickens. Like you're just sitting there going, get to the fucking point. <laughs> Uh, unravel the scene already we don't need all this description and even the character development it just builds and builds and builds and it takes so long but during the era when you didn't have tv or movies or anything what else are you gonna do read this giant fucking book i guess yeah i i don't know i already just saying that because it, it does go this is number one and then number two and so i would not suggest putting the, no putting these kind of books in order because that's just gonna make people mad mm. uh and i wouldn't say in search of lost time should ever be number one though i heard it is great it's just i don't think that's accessible to most people like and, most people aren't going to sit down and read fucking seven volumes of a book or how many volumes are in it and as we stated many times on this podcast if you're gonna make an article listing <laughs> something why start with number one well 
I don't know how long this list goes. It doesn't say so. If this goes into the hundreds, maybe that's why. I guess, yeah. Because you can't, like, I've read articles that it's like the 100 best novels, and then it's like 199. And you're like, oh, fuck, I'm just skipping to the top 10. Like, you don't read it. Fair. So that tip maybe just applies more to, like, top 10, top 20. Uh, Number two, Ulysses by James Joyce. This is another one. While I am currently reading James Joyce, and I mentioned a a portrait of the artist as a young man, because uh, I mentioned that in the classic lit group, and people were like, oh, you know, keep reading it. It gets really good and stuff, and I am enjoying it, uh, though I can't say I'm a huge fan of Joyce's style necessarily, but everyone's like, you really got to read Ulysses, and I tried reading Ulysses, and I was just like, why am I bothering? I don't want It's like fucking, you know, the prelude to Finnegan's Wake. Of yeah. Like, oh, he's just getting warmed up before he goes into complete nonsense. This is just like mostly nonsense yeah. you're not going to understand. Uh, so Ulysses by James Joyce. Ulysses chronicles the passage of Leopold Bloom through Dublin during an ordinary day, June 16, 1904. And again, I can't, unless I go to Wikipedia or whatever they're sort of, uh, citing here, I can't read the whole synopsis, which is fucking annoying. But it does uh, have like, uh, from what I remember, Ulysses has like elements of Homer's The Odyssey and things. That, like apparently it's really fun if you can understand it. Mm. So that's another one I'll probably never read in my life. I do want to read Swan's Way, the first part of... Uh, in search of lost time. Like, I will read that, and maybe if it's really enjoyable, I'll continue, but, I mean, you, we talk about, like, I'm just guessing it's seven volumes because it's so long, but say it's, it is, I think it is seven volumes. So if it's seven volumes, that's one novel. It's not a series because people are like, well, that's not bad. I read, like, all these books all the time. No, that's a series. That's not one story with one set of people doing, like, one thing. Uh, number three, Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes. I actually do want to read this one, but it's, it's girthy. And Spencer, you can call me an idiot. I've been looking up the original Spanish version because I want to try my hand at reading that. Mm. Because I feel like if I'm going to read uh, Don Quixote, I might as well read the actual Spanish version because that's what it was written in. Uh, that would really improve my Spanish, obviously, but that's going to be that'd be a real undertaking. Uh, so Alonzo, Alonzo Kikano, a retired country gentleman in his 50s, lives in an unnamed section of La Mancha, with his niece and a housekeeper, and then he ends up going on. Uh, he becomes obsessed with chivalry, basically, and he goes on a quest. Uh, that's what it is, like a quest. He wants to be like a knight or you know something like that. I think this was actually considered the first novel ever written, if I remember correctly. Uh, and everybody knows the the great scene because uh, I'm sure you've seen all the memes because I probably share them a hundred times a year of you know tilting at windmills because yeah. <laughs> he, he thinks a windmill's like a monster and he goes to attack, attack it, but he tilts at it, which reminds me of a great bit Norm Macdonald had. Uh, he was on the Conan show. I think it was Conan. And that, what is, Hayden, maybe? I think his name's like Hayden. He's the guy that was in that awful Norman Mailer movie where he's like, oh, God, oh, man, oh, God, oh, man. I forget his name, but he's been a couple other, he's been in a bunch of movies. Uh, oh, Sandman. There you go. You'll know him. He was, he was oh, Sandman, Spider-Man. Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah, Thomas Hayden Church. He was on there, and he was showing the most boring pictures of his farm. And since Norm was just, like, there, because I guess he was the guest previous, you know how he always, like, if it's really boring, he ends up just saying ridiculous yeah. shit. <laughs> well, Thomas, was, you could tell he was getting a little irritated, but he kept going because Norm kept interrupting him. And then he gets to, like, the windmill. He's like, and there's my windmill. And Norm was just like, did you tilt at it? And he was just, like, completely flabbergasted because yeah, I guess he didn't know what that means. Like, did I tilt at it? <laughs> and nobody got it. And I was just laughing my balls off. Not even read Don, Don Quixote. You're just knowing that reference. Uh, see, Norm MacDonald seemed, seemed kind of where we're at there. Yeah, I mean- he was a big fan of Russian literature. Uh, I think Dostoevsky mainly. And Tolstoy, but he was a big fan of like Russian literature. I think Mark Twain was his favorite writer. 
which is evident by you know the combination style he implemented in the not a what not based on a true story or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his book. Uh, because that was very Mark Twain-esque, and then also very heavily Russian influenced. Uh, but so he was a very well-read guy. Uh, number four, this one, this is the one I put back on the shelf at the Half Price Books because it came in that collection of the other books that I weren't wasn't interested in. But I really do want to read this. Uh, one hundred years of solitude by Gabriel Garcia's Marquez. That's like a that's like an epic. Uh, not an epic as in like uh, size, but in just in story. I think it just spans like a really long time. Like I want to say it spans like generations and generations of a specific family. I really wish they fucking had just a read more button instead of having to go to the websites like to read the synopsis. That's so stupid. He, I guess he won a Nobel Prize for this. Uh, but this is apparently a fairly challenging read, but very uh, worthwhile. Rewarding if you can make it through it. Yeah. Number five. Holy shit. One I've read, Spencer. Oh, wow. I made it into the top five. I at least read one of the great books in the top five. Uh, the Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Jazz, man. That's just a story about old Jay that? Gatsby, a dirty boot fucking bootlegger who is in love with the lady, and he gets rich to impress this lady, but she's with the dirty guy who has old money. And then you got Nick, like, in, in the movie, he's kind of like Tobey Maguire. He's like, is he like a gay guy? What is he doing here? It's just like this weird guy that lives in the house next to Gatsby's. Um, I think you would like that book. I think you need to read it. It's not a big book. It's like a hundred something know. pages. But do you would you say that it's top five? Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be in my personal top five, but if somebody had a list such as this and it was in the top five, I'm not mad at it. I think it's one of the greatest pieces of American literature ever written. Though it's it's pretty dated of just that specific age. That's why I couldn't put it in my personal because you have something like and that goes with like Hemingway and stuff too. If you have a book that's set during a specific time, like the jazz age of the twenties. Once you get out of that age, those like, you know, the whole thing about American society at the time and like the almost like the American dream crumbling and all this stuff like that doesn't really it's it's like John Steinbeck's Grapes of Wrath, one of the greatest books ever written. But that's Dust Bowl era America. Once you get outside of that, it's hard to say. It's like it's not really relevant is I guess what I'm trying to say. It's like it's not necessarily relevant uh, to what's going on today. Elements of it are, for sure, well, but... Does it have to be relevant, though, to be... I think just for, like... Because I'm going in as, like, you know, I'm a kind of a history guy. Like, I like the history of the United States and stuff. I always study things, but, like, if you just had a 20-year-old kid now pick up The Great Gatsby and doesn't know anything about the 20s, doesn't yeah. know anything about anything, they're probably just going to be like, what, are they just having parties? And, like, they're not going to get it as well as somebody who... Uh, knows about the era and stuff, and I mean, uh, we're fucking we're a hundred years removed from that now. I was just gonna say, I'm surprised somebody hasn't tried to do like a Great Gatsby like remake set in like modern times. I'm sure it'll come up. Number six, ooh, another one I read back to back. The Moby Dick Man, mm. Moby Dick by Herman Melville. Come on, we got Ahab. He wants to get this fucking whale to bit his leg, and it leads to his demise. It's about man's obsession. Shouldn't he just be happy that he survived getting bitten by a whale? A normal whale? person would be, but it's about obsession, Spencer. That's the story. It's a good story. I just didn't like the whale stuff. <laughs> I didn't like the whale stuff in a story about a whale. <laughs> it's just like, why are, why are we having... Like every, I, I, again, because I mentioned this in the one post I made about... Because I made a post about challenging... I think you saw it, about challenging yeah. literature. I asked people what their favorite... Uh, you know what their most challenging book they've read was. And I mentioned uh, Moby Dick as challenging for the fact that I thought it was really boring during the whale parts, like the chapter dedicated 
unrelated to the story that's dedicated to just the definitions of whales. And there's like one guy who was just sitting there. Well, you know, what if I were to tell you it is relevant to the story? And I'm like, no, oh, whatever. Okay. Okay. You like, no, it's not because I skipped over it and, and read it. It had no and effect. And liked it. Just probably liked it more if I, without reading it. <sighs> Stupid. Number seven, War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy. This is an epic uh, book. Uh, War and Peace, this book is about the graphic detail events leading up to Napoleon's invasion of Russia. See, this is why I'm hesitant to read like this, Anna Karenina, even maybe Crime and Punishment, is because I don't give a fuck about Russia during that time period. That's the main thing. Like People say, why didn't you read War and Peace? Because it's really big and I don't care about Napoleon or Russia or I don't care about the fucking Russian-Japanese war. I don't care about the Russian. I don't even really care about Russia and Germany, Germany yeah. that much. Like I just I'm not interested in that kind of history, uh, which is I guess it's weird because most like going on middle aged white males are always seem to be obsessed with World War Two and European history. And I never really cared too much about European history. I was always more interested in Japanese history, South American history, African history. I just thought that was more interesting because it's not covered as much by Western audiences. You guys could have your fucking depressing Russian literature. I'll, I'll, I'll stick to my weird magical realism of uh, South American literature or Central American literature or uh, Japanese. Number eight, Hamlet by William Shakespeare. Gonna read Hamlet? No, probably not. Are you gonna do? Do you want to read any of these so far? I mean, I'll wait wait till I get to the t the 10 and I'll ask you again. Number 9 could be cuz I know you might want this one. Okay. The Odyssey by Homer. That one was like has always kind of been like curious to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a Greek poetic epic, but yeah. it's written brilliantly and I read it when I was young, so I would definitely have to revisit it, but like the the specific scenes so, stick out to me still. So is it, it like it's in poem form? Not non rhyming poem. No, but I mean kind of like, like the epic of Gilgamesh that yeah. you haven't read yet. That's kind of like that'll be your warm up. Yeah. Well, like we've kind of said before, with like things written in that time in that time period, all of them like ages ago, it's like poetry. I think was like it always like at least to me it always seemed like poetry was like the first form. Yeah. Of writing. That's because it was spoken out loud. It was yeah. orated. So I guess like that's just an easier way to remember is if you know. Things rhyme or have a meter. And, you, and you, yeah, you break them into that. Yeah, I mean, even if it doesn't rhyme, just like having a flow, that's how you can remember things. Like People still use that. That's why people can remember songs but can't remember whole chapters of books, you right. know? Uh, number 10, this is rounding up the top 10, Madame Bovary by Gustave Flaubert. I've never was interested in this book. I don't know if there's much of a synopsis here. For daring to peer into the heart of an adulteress and enumerate its contents... With profound dispassion, the author of Madame Bovary was tried for offenses against morality and religion. What shock. And then I don't get to read anymore. I, uh, again, I'm not interested in that subject matter, which might be why I haven't read Oscar Wilde yet either. I do want to read the picture of Dorian Gray, but I don't like the morality of like Victorian England and stuff like that. I just don't care about, you know? Yeah, they were stuffy and boring back then. I don't. Oh my God, she showed a shin. Oh, oh. burner. Like, fuck you. I don't, I don't care. Uh, so, out of that top ten so far, any of those you would actually want to read or plan on reading? Uh, like you said, um, what was the last one? The Odyssey. Uh, Odyssey, and maybe like uh, like I said, um, um, Gatsby. Gatsby. Um, I think you should read The Great Gatsby because I also have the graphic novel version that you can read after, so yeah. you can pick up what you might have not understood in the book. Because there's 
that graphic novel version I have, it shows the metaphors like artistically, which is cool because then you're like, oh, I can like visualize that now. I just think like with the Gatsby, it's like how you were just talking about like just being interested in that subject matter. Yeah. It's not that I don't think that it would be good or that I wouldn't even probably like reading it. It's just like kind of one of those things. Rich people you know, having rich people parties. In in the 20s. Like, yeah. it's just kind of, uh, like, uh, like uh, okay. See, it was the bootlegging that made me uh, at least somewhat interested in it because I don't care about that. Go, that goes with like Anna Karenina and everything else. I just don't care about high society. Yeah. That's what it is. I never gave a fuck. Especially I don't like, like the Kardashians. I don't like the fucking royals in England. I don't like that stuff. Especially like old high society. like <laughs> Aristocrats. Cause Boring. Because at least now, like with if you try to do like modern high society, at least you can kind of throw in like that crazy rich person yeah. that does something stupid. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Number 11, The Divine Comedy by Dante Alighieri. I actually do want to read The Do- yeah. Divine Comedy. I have always been interested in Dante's Inferno mm-hmm. and just like the depiction of all the layers of hell. Yeah. I always thought that was cool. I've looked up pictures. I've seen uh, there's a movie called As Above, So Below. I, the last I seen it was on Netflix. I think it's in French, but I really like that movie because it's about the like group of urban explorers go into the catacombs in Paris, but what they actually entered was hell, and they just go through layer by layer mm-hmm. without like you like it's depicted so cool and. Like at the end, you go to the cold layer at the you know middle, or like Satan or whoever's there, and then you like you pop out the other end and you go upside down, like into the world, and it's like upside down. It's like really fucking cool. They do that in the movie. Uh, number twelve, I'm this one. Oh man, I'm very torn on whether I want to read this or not. It's Lolita by Vladimir Nabokov, which is you know about Humbert Humbert wanting to sex up with like a child. It's fucking gross. Like the subject matter disgusts me, and I don't want to read that. But I keep seeing it pop up in like the classic lit group where people talk about. Well, actually, it's like a comedy. And I'm like, how is that a comedy? <laughs> and I'm like, well, that piques my interest. It's a comedy. And then because apparently it's very funny. And then like there's parts where I've read things like even the introduction. I think I read on air before. I was like, well, that's like amazingly beautifully written. I'm drawn in. But it's, again, it's the subject matter. I don't know if I could bust through like the pedophile stuff. I don't, like, as the English would say, he's a pedophile. I don't, I don't <laughs> like that. I don't like it. I don't want to read about it. It gives me the feelings of the ick. It makes me feel icky. And I just, ugh. but I mean, see, I, I think I'll just get really pissed off if I'm put into the mind of a fucking pedophile. Like, I don't want that. Like, I don't want to know what this guy thinks. I just want him to be fucking shot in the head. Number 13. This is one I've also toyed with, but I don't think I'm ever going to read. That's The Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. This is Dostoevsky's last and greatest novel, The Karamazov Brothers. is both a brilliantly told crime story and a passionate philosophical debate. Here's my problem with this. I like the crime story aspect and everything I heard about that sounds really cool, but it's very, like most Russian literature, very uh, religious. Mm. Like just a lot of religious, not just like undertones, like overtones, like the fucking just moral debates and religious debates. I'm like, I don't want to read that. Not interesting, which is funny because I just said I want to read the Divine Comedy, but <laughs> but that's like I don't know that's that's not as real, I guess, because like in the like is in, it bad that when you said not as real, I almost go like yeah, that's a bit like reading the Bible, like yeah. fairy tales. I'm like wait, I can't say that online. That's gonna really offend people. But like I don't know, like it's one thing when you're like you reading about people debating and arguing about what they believe to yeah. where you are just going. seeing like the crazy stuff. Like, yeah. And when you're actually going through the different layers of hell, like that. Well, that's what I meant when I said the Bible thing is like, 
it's different when you're actually reading like these people experiencing it because like okay that makes it real i mean even if it's not real or if it was a fictional story like it's real just because like it's happening to those people versus people just talking about it and well now it's just ideology i was actually kind of half curious to see if the bible was going to end up on on this list at all Ooh, well it's just the great books it might Number 14, Crime and Punishment by Fyodor Dostoevsky. I haven't fucked up his name uh, multiple times. Dostoevsky. Uh, it's a murder story told from a murderer's point of view that implicates even the mo- most innocent reader in its enormities. It is a cat and mouse game between a tormented young killer and a cheerful... Cheerful what? I don't know. It cuts off. But I actually do want to read Crime and Punishment. I would read that before War and Peace. And, yeah, but uh, that's another one in like those thicker... They're all thick. Boy. They're Russian. Uh. The only Dostoevsky I read was Notes from the Underground because it was very small. And I was like, oh, he made a small book. Oh, it didn't feel mm. small. Thick like that winter coat. Yeah. And those big hats. 15, Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. Somebody put this when I asked, uh, I think it was today I asked, like, what books uh, you found most disturbing. I think somebody said, or maybe, no, it was the last one I asked about the challenging book. Somebody said they had a, it was a real hard read for them. Uh, Wuthering Heights. The narrative is nonlinear involving several, fl- oh, okay, maybe that's why. Involving several flashbacks and two primary narrators, Mr. Lockwood and Ellen Nellie Dean. Uh, and then it goes. I uh, no interest. You? No. I probably read Pride and Prejudice before that, just because I know like that's the big girl book that I always hear, you know, made fun of in movies and TV shows. Uh, Wuthering Heights prob- probably better. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Number sixteen. <laughs> Number sixteen of the great books. Highlight the word great here. This is 16. Can't wait to see what this beats out. The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Oh. Salinger. You should probably read this one if you just want to be like, this guy's a pussy. What a whiny little bit. Eh, I get beat up by a prostitute and a pimp. Like, fuck off, kid. That's my Tuesday. <laughs> not even going to read the synopsis. Uh, well, why don't you give your own synopsis? Whiny little kid. At the Okay, I will say at the heart of the book, I think his like, brother dies or something, and he clearly has guilt and grief and all that stuff, and that drives him to be a little shit, and he just keeps going to these super expensive schools, and I think he gets expelled or flunks out or whatever, and he's just a whiny little asshole, and he won't get his shit together, and he seems like he's bipolar too. I just, I'm not, I don't relate to that stupid kid. Even when I was a kid, I wouldn't relate to that kid. I would like want, not want to talk to that Beat kid. Beat that kid up. 17, Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Uh, do you want to read Pride and Prejudice? I said I do, but I don't. No. <laughs> I lied to you. I don't want to read that. This one, uh, well, I read one of them. Number 18, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. I didn't read Huckleberry Finn. I read The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, and it was so good. And I was like, oh, wait, Huckleberry Finn is his magnum opus, kind of like, that's what you're supposed to read. So I, I just been sitting on it. I just haven't got around to it. But I really, we should both read that. Yeah, I was going to say. But you got to read, read Tom Sawyer first. Oh, do I have to read it first? The... That came out first. Oh, okay. Adventures of Tom Sawyer, and then The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Because Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn's involved, obviously, but, you know, they're the adventures of Tom Sawyer. Okay. But it's more fun and magical and doesn't have a guy named Jim. <laughs> guy, uh, yeah. Number 19, everyone tells me I have to read this, and I don't know if I ever will. Anna Karenina by Leo Tolstoy, and I have two copies of this book. I was listening to a podcast discussing this book, and I found out the ending, and it made it kind of cooler, so maybe I do want to. So I could tell you the ending. Folks, quick spoiler, I'm going to end, give you the ending of a book that came out probably in the 1800s. Anna Karenina ends with the girl uh, committing suicide by putting her head, I think, either under a train or a wagon wheel. So that's pretty brutal. Anna Karenina is the one who kills herself, I believe. The wagon wheel, I think you'd have to do more than once. I don't I don't know. I don't know how heavy Russian wagons are. Oh, uh, true. 
Uh, 20, I read this one, and it was okay. Alice's Adventures in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. Now, did you have a problem with that? Because isn't, like, the writer of that, like, kind of piddly? Isn't he, like... Lewis Carroll? Yeah. Yeah, he was kind of creepy. I don't know if he's a pedo. I think he's just creepy. Uh, probably was. Who knows? No, I Alice in Wonderland was fine. Uh, through the looking glass, once it got to the detailed chess scene, I just fucking... Which is, like, at the beginning, I just bowed out. I'm not a kid, so I probably don't get that much out of those books. Uh, number twenty one, The Iliad by Homer. Um, I think I might have read this when I was young. I don't. I think we did like an abridged version in school or Probably, something. Probably, yeah. Uh, that's another one. If we read the Odyssey, we obviously got to read the Iliad. Uh, twenty two, The Lighthouse by Virginia. Well, this is the one I keep bringing up every year for Halloween that we never end up covering. That and uh, Shirley Jackson's uh, Haunting the Hill House. I keep saying both of those we got to read, but the, the Lighthouse is like really hard to read. I think. Mm. Yeah, it's a modernist book. I think it's all like um, stream of consciousness. Like, it was, uh, but it'd still be horror somehow. It might not be horror. I don't think it's. A, I think I'm just. I think I was conflating that with the uh, House of Haunting Hill. I think I always mix those up. Catch Twenty Two by Joseph Heller this is a historical novel about American author Joseph Heller. First published in sixty one. It's about World War Two. That's one I always hear you sh- should read, but that's one of the ones like a lot of people I don't think read. Uh, number 24, I hated this book, Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. It's racist and boring. It's about, like, colonialism or people, like, going on an adventure in the Congo and I think they're trying to colonize it or something. And they're just very racist. And the book is overly verbose and boring, in my opinion. Some people like it. 25, this is on my list, but I don't. This is one of those ones that's going to make me, like, want to pull my hair out if I get to it. The Sound and the Fury by William Faulkner. The Sound and the Fury is set in fictional. Who? <laughs> Fictional Yoknapatawapha County, Y O K N A P A T A W P H A. How do you pronounce that? Anyway, Wakafani. It's fictional, so I could just say Yakafak. <laughs> the novel centers on the Compson family, former Southern aristocrats who are struggling to deal with the disillusion of their, and then it just ends. I uh, do want to read that more for the challenge of it. Maybe I'll make me. I'll make Ashley read it. There with you me. go. Hey. <laughs> IRC and say so, who who picked Oblivion? I did, but he was more on board than I was <laughs> with that. Twenty six, nineteen eighty four by George Orwell. Um, I do want to check that one out. I read like the kids, not the kids version, but like we did Animal Farm in nineteen eighty four when we were like middle school or something. Mm-hmm. But again, probably like an abridged version or something. It was definitely not the novel version. Twenty seven, Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. That's one of my favorite books. I really like that. Overly written. As is Dickens, you know, uh, M.O., but I liked it. I thought it was really good. 28, 1001 Nights by Indian, Iran, Iraq, and Egypt. I have that collection. I just never got around to it. I'm going to try to speed through these because we are, yeah, okay. 29, The Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck. I was just going to ask, like, I was going to ask you if we, at the end, if you, how, if you're going to be upset that he wasn't on this list at all. Um, The Grapes of Wrath is one of the greatest books ever written. Um, personally, if I had put a Steinbeck in my top ten, it would be East of Eden, and that would be in the top five. I really like that book. Of Mice and Men, if it was longer, I could say, because that's more like a novella, honestly. Yeah, that's pretty short. But I can see that being also in the top ten of somebody's. Uh, The Grapes of Wrath, I need to re- I read that in high school, uh, so my mind wasn't fully, my brain wasn't fully formed. I need to go back to that, so maybe that's one we'll both... 
Maybe not for the podcast, but, but just, just to do. Because like you've read Steinbeck now, yeah, he's I, I, quick. And like, I and I want I do want to read more Steinbeck. Yeah. It's just something I haven't been able to work into the rotation. The story ends with a very depressing note of a guy sucking on a lady's titty because oh, he's drinking her milk because he's dying. Oh. <laughs> like it's such a downer. Like oh. I like I like how to set you up. He's sucking on her titty yeah. because he's dying and needs oh. the nutrition. He needs any <laughs> sustenance he gets, so he needs his mother's milk. But he's he's a grown man. It's not his mother. Oh. Yeah. Uh, 30, another one on my list, but I'll probably never get to. Absalom, Absalom by William Faulkner. Another fucking living in the South. Probably aristocrats. Hard to read. Uh, 31, Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. Excellent book about being black in uh, America during the time where being black in America was hard, which is pretty much all of it. So I would have to narrow it down to, I think, the 20s and 30s. Uh, Very, very difficult. 32, To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. I think that's one of the greatest novels ever written. 33, The Trial by Franz Kafka. If you like Kafka, you like it. I thought it was fun. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know why when I think of Kafka, I think of the word malarkey. Because everything that he writes about is just like, God, why is this so, like, why is this just a representation of the bullshit I've had to deal with? If you've ever been to the DMV, you've been in a Kafka story. <laughs> so, Do you have file A2? Uh, yeah, okay, well, you need uh, file A3. Oh, I didn't, you didn't give me that one. Here, you got to fill this out and you bring it back. Well, do you have file A2? Well, you threw it away because you said I need A3. Well, you need A2 as well. <laughs> 34, The Red and the Black by Stendhal. I never heard of this one. No. Le Rouge et le Noir, The Red and the Black, subtitled Chronique des Letters. <laughs> Cicely Chronicle of the 19th Century is an historical psychological novel in two volumes by Stendhal. Uh, yeah, that didn't help. 35, Middle March by George Eliot. Apparently, this is a really difficult read, and I don't ever plan on reading it. Uh, but also one of the greatest books ever. 36, Gulliver's Travels by Jonathan Swift. I read that one as a kid. It was fun. Have you ever read that? Yeah, with the, uh, yeah, because that's the one Get tied they, down with little yeah, people. Yeah, he's on like an island of little people, then he's on like an island of big people. Yeah. 37, Beloved by Toni Morrison. This is what I mentioned for Halloween. Beloved 1987 is a Pulitzer Prize winning novel by Nobel laureate Toni Morrison. The novel, her fifth, is loosely based on the life and legal case of the slave Margaret Garner about whom Morrison, and then it ends. And like I said, it's a ghost story, I believe, which is, uh, and the ghost, I think, is like a girl that was named Beloved, so it's not, yeah. It's actually, it just seems, because like you get the cover and everything, it's just like, oh, that's gonna be like a bright looking story. No, it's not. Uh, 38, Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf. 39, the stories of Anton Chekhov. We do need to read some more Chekhov. Uh, 40, The Stranger by Albert Camus. Hey, we read that. We read that. You read one in the top 40. You feel proud Woo! of yourself? Uh, we talked about that briefly on here. Actually, I think we went a little more detail than just briefly. Uh, 41, Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. That's one of those books where I'm always like, is Jane Eyre the author? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, that's the name of the book. 42, The Iron Need by Virgil. That's a old one. 43, Collected Fiction by, I'm going to say, Jorge Luis Borges, or George, it could be George. 44, The Sun Also Rises by Ernest Hemingway. That's okay if you like to read about people drinking in Europe and bullfights. 45, David Copperfield by Charles Dickens. I haven't read that one yet. 46, Tristram Shandy by Lawrence Stern. 47, Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. 48, The Magic Mountain by Thomas Mann. 49, A Portrait of an Artist as a Young Man by James Joyce. That's what I'm currently reading. Uh, and 50, Midnight's Children by Salman Rushdie. I, that's the one I think we should probably read at some point. Yeah. I took his master class and all the excerpts he had from that book were excellent. So I'm like, ooh. And I think he got like banned from India. For, no, that was for, uh, that Satan book. Uh, I forget the name. It's not Satan, but, uh, 
maybe it is like the satanic Bible or satanic verses or something. And like people, he got kicked out of a country or something. I think Muslim countries or somewhere like he, uh, they, like, they actually put like a hit out on them. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we should read Midnight's Children. Apparently that's excellent. So that's the top 50 greatest books. Spencer's going to read them all. By next episode. Now I'm going to ask you, Spencer, uh, would you add anything to that list that you think should be on there? I mean, uh, not anything I think that would fit in there, really. Like, if it's, like, personal things, mm-hmm. not what I think would um, have, like, the greater, like, effect on the the, world. the masses and, and stuff. Well, like I said, that was very a very Western audience list. I would like to open that up. Though I would put East of Eden on that list by John Steinbeck. And, and if it's top 50, it might have men as well. I will say that... I think uh, Snow Country should probably be on that list. There's multiple Yukio Mishima books I think could make uh, make it on that list. Confessions of a Mask, maybe. Uh, I kind of think uh, Wood of the Woods should be on that list just for the fact that it being read aloud on a radio yeah. made uh, made people freak out and murder and burn <laughs> things down, I think. That's a good point. Natsume Suzuki has some work that like maybe Kokoro or... Uh, even I am a cat could probably be on that list. See, I'm more well versed in Japanese literature than I am like other stuff. Uh, cause the only one that wasn't like a Western, I think was that, uh, hundred years of solitude, right? What does count as Eastern? Just like Asian, I guess. Yeah. Probably. In Middle East. Yeah. I guess that's a pretty big span of things. Cause even a lot of Japanese literature is really Western influenced anymore. Trying to think of American literature I would add to that list. Maybe Native Son by Richard Wright. That was really good. Because if you have Invisible Man, I think you could have Native Son just as easily. Yeah, because they both deal with like similar subject matter. Yeah. I, I would probably put Old Man in the Sea over The Sun Also Rises, or even A Farewell to Arms if I was going Hemingway. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah, because like, that was, that was his... a weird. That was his first novel, but that was a weird choice, because it's not like amazing by any means. That was an okay novel. Just, I don't think that should have been on there. Great Expectations was on there. I think I think Tale of Two Cities should probably make that list. You would think. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, without reading it, just from yeah, just from knowing about it, I think that should probably be on the list. But maybe they just didn't want too many one author, which makes sense. Off the top of my head, I don't think I could think of any more that were that good. That, like, because there's a lot of good novels and even a lot of great novels. But like to be in the uh, there are some on that list I would take off. But then yeah. there's a lot I haven't read, so I can't you know judge based on that. And obviously. If you know my opinion, I don't think uh, Proof should be number one on that list. I don't know who I would have on the number one list. Out of my limited reading, because I have the great books, what I read out of that five, ten maybe yeah. of those books, so I can't really say much. That'd be a good thing to actually share into that classic lick group. And be like, hey, you guys all read this shit. Yeah. <laughs> what would you rate these? Uh, so anyway, if you have any opinions on what you think you know, should be on the great list, you know, fuck, wait, sorry, Lord of the Rings. You tell me Lord of the Rings can't be on that list? As just they, all three books is one book? I mean, yeah, because it did kind of create a genre. Yeah, why? Why Lord of the Rings should be one of the top. Uh, Tolkien just does, doesn't get the credit, you know? They just really shit on that guy. Silmarillion, too. Fuck it. Throw the Silmarillion in there, Spencer. I want it! I was going to pound the table, but I don't want that no. metal sound. I want Silmarillion and the Lord of the Rings. And even the Hobbit. I want it all. I want I want the top five just all Tolkien. <laughs> no, number five could be Jerusalem. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> more. It could be the greatest book ever. I might never know. Because <laughs> I don't know when I, I get done I think very with. few know. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, if you enjoyed this episode and want more episodes like it, let us know. If you hated the episode, you can also let us know. Go to drunkapenwriting.com. We have a contact page. You can go uh, just email us straight at drunkapenwriting at gmail.com. We do take questions, and we will answer them on air 
unless they're particularly stupid. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't think we've ever got too many questions that were that dumb that I couldn't ask on, you know, answer on air. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Pen Writing, Facebook, Instagram at Drunken Pen Writing. Ooh, and Spencer's OnlyFans. Make sure to subscribe to that. This week it is Spencer, the gangrenous gooch from Greenland Church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you might not want to see that, but it's also kind of like one of those things like a car wreck. You don't want to see it, but you got to see it. You and know? it wouldn't cost you $5. That's all? That's all. That's cheap. Yeah. Good deal. Well, anyway, see you later, folks. Or listen to us later. Something like that. Space music out. Oh.